Is this shit rolling? It's been rolling the oh entire time. Oh my god. So this is all going to get used <laughs> no matter what. Let me ask you this. How excited are you to, to go to Costa Rica? For I'm very, month? very excited. Yeah? I can't believe we're leaving tonight. What, so, and what are you going to do for a whole month? In I'm going to surf in Nosara. Just every day, sir? I think that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. But if you come back and you hate surfing as a result of overindulging in surfing for an entire month? Well, then I'll have to rethink my life. <laughs> so let's uh, start talking about this stuff. What, uh, let me ask you this. What other... So you, why don't you talk about what you do here at Sub Pop as a job? Well, I'm, uh, my title is warehouse manager. And it was really funny to me when I first was hired and I was the only person in the warehouse that that was my title. Uh, <laughs> Does that make you suspicious? <laughs> <laughs> Just meant I was managing myself. I did a pretty good job, I think. I've, all, I've, on, I've only gotten jobs kind of through friends who've already... <laughs> You know, who had like an in, you know, like the whole notion of coming up with a resume and pounding the pavement. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, so are there, uh, you know, or if there are, describe them. Are there like uh, uh, particular perks of working here at Sub Pop for you? Uh, the biggest perk for me is just kind of working with the people who work here. You know, um, it's, I, I think it's a great place to work. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm trying to recruit people, because I'm certainly not. Nor because you're leaving for a month today. Well, I mean, that is the end result of 10 years of hard labor. Right. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you experienced the same thing. I, I did experience the same thing. Not going to Costa Rica, but you had a month off. No. I, did, I think I did some housework. <laughs> <laughs> How you are the gutters to, now? They're great. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you remember it was actually gutters. It was gutters. Was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a drain. I had to rebuild the drain on the yard. This is, see, again, this is, I'm doing a poor job of interviewing you because nobody wants to hear about my drain work. Oh, no, no. It's, it's fascinating. Keep going. <laughs> hey, that was my boss, the big cheese, Chris Jacobs, talking to this guy. Mark Arm, who you may know him as the lead singer of Mudhoney, and we know him as that too, but also as the guy who won't let us take any boxes out of his warehouse. <laughs> Ever. And just to explain that, there is a warehouse here in the Sub Pop offices where the sh- things, the shirts that you buy, the records that you buy, yes. get shipped from. Mark is in charge of that warehouse. He's the manager of that. And you, it doesn't matter if you're moving and need boxes. Oh, in particular, if you are moving. Oh, really? out of his warehouse. (laughs) He's got his eye on you. Runs a tight ship. Okay, don't make Mark our man. No, never. No, don't do that. You are listening to episode three of the Sub Pop Podcast. I am Arwen Nix, and I am sitting here with one of my very favorite people, Alyssa Atkins. Oh, hi, Arwen. Hi. Um, Alyssa, what's on the show today? Today, we're going to talk to Tony Keywell, or Tony Cool. (laughs) Either pronunciation is completely acceptable. I appreciate your validation. We're going to learn a little bit more about how comedy came on to the Sub Hop label. Wait, I don't want to say came on to the Sub Hop label. <laughs> I think it's too late. No. You already said it. Oh, okay. Apologies. Yes, we're going to learn about that. And then we're going to talk here about how um, 
Then we're going to hear about how Ben from Band of Horses and Sam from Iron and Wine first met and started a nice, long friendship. Adorable story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there is that. But first, our conversation with Tony Keywell. Yeah. Thank you. Good job. Um, I I sat down and asked him about, well, how how David Cross's first record first came to Sub Pop. And I was a little confused uh, as to the timeline of it which you can tell by my first question. The comedy thing. Yeah, how did that, what were you thinking? I was obsessed with this comedian, Mitch Hedberg. I ordered a club sandwich all the time, and I'm not even a member, man. I don't know how I get away with it. I, I like my sandwiches with three pieces of bread. So do I. Well, let's form a club then. I loved him. I loved him, and I loved the CD that I had, and I was like, somebody needs to put this out for reals. And I tried to track him down, and I couldn't track him down. And he just would not answer any of the emails I sent him, or maybe I had the wrong email addresses. I don't know. In the course of trying to track him down, this booking agent, he was so excited, called me like, oh man, you're not going to believe this. David Cross, this uh, he wants to do a rock club tour, and I'm going to get to book these shows. And were you familiar with David Cross already? Yeah. I mean, I would have been all over trying to sign David Cross if I thought that was remotely a possibility. I was like, hey, you know, just shot in the dark. Mention to him if he's ever thought, if he's got any interest in doing a comedy record. And so that was sort of the genesis. Thank you in advance for all the free pot you're gonna give me. And, and the CDs, the demo tapes of your band that's six weeks old, that's not very good. Thank you for that in advance. But you got to start somewhere. Um, Simultaneous to all this, Um, I had been having uh, a lot of crass conversations internally at Sub Pop about things that would be advantageous about doing comedy. One, it costs next to nothing to make a comedy record. And at this point, Sub Pop had zero money to spend on making records. Um, I mean, but... A comedy record you record live in a venue and it's like three mics, maybe. You could probably pull it off with one mic, um, but it's good to get some of the laughter too. But that's it. And you record maybe two shows, you're good to go. I didn't I didn't do it right the first time with David Cross. We recorded about 40 shows. Um, and they're fucking, oh, it's the worst, man. It's, you know, it's like, all right. Yeah, well, we're here with funny man David Cross. David, you didn't know it, but you're just in time to help us out with the Friday morning fart song. Like, what? No. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. Not gonna do that. All right, you're here with the Gator and the Lunatic. You know. I'm shocked at how well it plays, and I'm so proud of that record. At that time, comedians still were doing uh, sets on late night regularly. Like, yeah. you, like almost every night, there'd be somebody doing a stand-up set. Uh, now, there's not, that barely happens at all anymore. I feel like on late night TV, but back then. You know, I was like, we can't get our bands on TV to save our lives. Like, it had been years since a band on Sub Pop had gotten on a late night show. Wait, I can make a record for potentially like $1,000 and the guy can get on TV with a phone call. That seems like, how do we not do that? I think there's a very strong possibility that George W. Bush may, may, may go down in history as the worst president we've ever had. Like the worst. I mean, 
like really bad, dangerously bad. Like, and I, I don't mean like in a, I don't mean like in a Millard film. Or From James the very film, beginning of working way. with David, I mean like, everybody we met, and this is why we, I think, is especially Megan and myself and Jonathan, um, became so enamored of doing more comedy. That community felt so comfortable was so supportive um, of itself and was so familiar feeling and reminded me of how the music scenes I was a part of, uh, you know, when I was younger, how those felt, you know, they, they put on their own shows like four times a week and they're all friends with each other and they help each other make weird videos. And they're, it was just, a and they're so nice. I was immediately, you know, drawn into that. And they, those guys have been, you know, I think, you know, it's been a dozen years now that I've known those guys. They're so great. I very rarely, occasionally, obsessively watch porn on my phone. I turned 37 this year. 37 years old, man. That's not, no. Don't, that's not a fucking birthday. Shame on you for applauding that. Oh, this is a fun story because uh, I'm recording this for Sub Pop. Sub Pop does a thing where if they have a showcase, uh, often they'll have a tab at the bar and you can buy drinks on that tab, which is wonderful. Uh, but it's not that simple. There's often a password that only the people who are you know, on the label know. But the password is created by uh, Megan, uh, who always makes it a terribly upsetting thing to say. So you go up to the bar and you have to be like, my knees are full of broken vaginas full of glass. I'd like a Jack and Coke now. <laughs> so I was at South by Southwest a few years ago and uh, there was a Sub Pop showcase and I was like, oh, what's the password? And Megan uh, said to me, oh, the password is uh, I have anal herpes. And I'm like, no problem. Better than paying $6. So I go up to the bar and I'm like, oh, I'd like a Jack and Coke. And the bartender is like, sure. And he you know, goes to make it. And then I go, I have anal herpes. <laughs> Can't really hear me. He's making the drink. And I'm like, no problem. Sort of coming over and I'm like, I have anal herpes. <laughs> Still, he's sort of like, mm, no big deal. Like, not really, no real connection. He hands me the drink. And I'm like, I have anal herpes. Still an oddly blank face. And then I look at Megan and she is laughing. And I'm like, there's no password, is there? No, no password. I'm just yelling quite emphatically, sort of like I want it. Okay, Alyssa, question for you. I'm ready. Um, that joke, is that... Is that real? Is that like real Megan Jasper? Oh, it's real. Really? Yes. I love that Arwen is getting to know the people <laughs> at Sub Pop through this, these stories because that's very real. It's that's not little... played up for comedy. That happened. Here I thought it was just like everyone eating popcorn and smiling all the time. No, I, I mean, sure. Yeah, there's that. There's that but too. But Megan may do th- something similar. 
cool to you Great. one day if you let your guard down show no weakness yeah <laughs> <laughs> very sweet lady but she'll use that sweetness <laughs> to get you to say <laughs> anal herpes oh uh, yeah we're not saying that anymore <laughs> apologies i'm sorry everyone okay okay let's take a break from that for a word from our sponsor the sub pop megamart enjoy this one I have this whole other thing about swinging a cat. Swinging a cat. Swinging a cat. Go for it. I want to I hear the swinging a cat thing. It's pretty disjointed. You can't swing a cat at or in the Mega Mart. <laughs> can, I, can I see this one? I want to try and decipher your notes. Okay. Well, that one is like part two. Swinging a cat Mega Mart ad. <laughs> You can't swing a cat at shop.subpop.com without hitting a great-looking t-shirt. What's this let's try? That's just like an aside. It's like, um, you're starting over, so you can, uh, let's try every time you swing a cat. Oh, okay. Let me... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know the words. You can't... Okay, let's try... Every time you swing a cat at the Sub Pop Mega Mart, you're guaranteed to hit a great culturally relevant soundtrack to your life record album by a band you may or may not have heard of once in high school. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Does anyone say e-commerce anymore? You could swing a cat in the Sub Pop airport store, I guess, but I bet you'd miss your flight. <laughs> You would hit a great-looking shirt before they could arrest you, though. I'm not sure if one would be arrested for swinging a cat in the Sub Pop Airport store. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't like it if it happened, but I'm not sure that one would be arrested for it. I would hope, no matter where you're swinging a cat, you'd be arrested. I, someone is probably swinging a cat right now with no consequence to that's, themselves. That's horrifying. We live in a dark world. Um. You can't blink an eye without someone swinging a cat. <laughs> Conversely, you can't swing a cat without someone blinking an eye. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, those are getting weird. And I love it. Okay. No, I love it. It's good yeah. job, Stuart. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Stuart, for being the voice of the Sub Pop Mega Mart for us. <laughs> uh, we will be roping in other people to talk about the Mega Mart later in the season. Uh, next up, though, we are going to hear from Ben Bridwell, as promised. Uh, ben explained to me how long ago he and Sam Beam of Iron and Wine first became friends. And I uh, think that they're both adorable. So here's this. I grew up in Irmo, South Carolina. Um, it's like a satellite town of the capital, Columbia, South Carolina. Another more redneck town is called Chapin that Sam Beam grew up in. We just called him rednecks. I'm sure it's hard to say who's who. It's, there's very few cool people in this in this whole area. Um, you know, at least that are into you know good music and good culture and and free thinking kind of people. So luckily, my brother 
who is Sam's age, somehow they, they met. And they were in college at the same time, like, or at least college age. I came home from, I, I'm pretty sure it was Seattle. I came home from there and for Christmas, I, I came home to Irmo. I met Sam through my brother. He's like, you gotta meet my friend Sam. He's crashing on my couch. He's a really cool dude, um, real into film and real into music. And he's even recording some songs and stuff. Just like the way that you ran. Sam comes to pick us up at my dad's house in Irmo. Uh, my brother and I hop in his, in his truck, and, and so I'm in the back seat, and the back speakers are still playing some music, and Michael and Sam are chatting and, uh, as we ride along. And I, I remember it very clearly. I remember asking, finally, when there was like a, a lull in their conversation, I remember asking, like, hey, is, is this Rex or like Loftus or like one of those Chicago bands or something I haven't heard of, you know? I, and I remember Sam just going straight for the volume knob and being like, whoops, not realizing that his demos were on. And I remember being like, wow, this is gorgeous, immediately, just like really smitten. And uh, before I left to go back home to Seattle, I asked my brother if I could, if I could somehow get that tape, basically, if, if Sam would mind if I dubbed that tape. Started a relationship, a great friendship with Sam that produced, uh, I mean, upwards of 10 to 15 tapes or then CDs once CD burners became a thing, before we all had, you know, desktop computers or laptops. It was, you know, someone had like a, a, a rack-mounted, you know, CD burner or something. It became this thing, you know, even though we, we barely knew each other. Uh, we had this very intimate friendship uh, and closeness with music. I think about her sometimes. I think you think about her sometimes. We all think about them sometimes. Anything that I was finding in Seattle and anything we stumbled upon upon that was old or new. We were always sharing mixtapes as well. So Jen's solo stuff, uh, Carissa's weird stuff. Really, I mean, I was never a musician. I, I was always a, a mixtape guy. I just want to make mixtapes for people and get them into, and get them into different music. I, I couldn't play anything. Anyone that would listen, I would share his music with. Um, and Jen and Matt bought me a, a CD burner, one of those, those like, you know, for my birthday one year. And it was really expensive. I mean, they must have spent, I, I bet they spent like 300 bucks on this thing. And I mean, I wore its ass out. I, it, that thing was destroyed by the time I got done with it. But uh, that was, that was just such a huge thing to get an, another package from Sam, like a FedEx in the mail with a, with a burnt CD in it of his new music that I, I really didn't have a lot to relate it to. He was doing something that um, was, that kind of music was very, uh, was, I was very unfamiliar with that kind of music. I 
like very acoustic and, and, and very southern rooted in a way um, in, a, in a contemporary sense I, I wasn't listening to that kind of stuff I was listening to like you know shoegazing or indie rock bands so I don't know it, it was it was it was a huge deal man and uh, luckily I you know uh, of all the people I kept playing it for a lot of people perked their ears up and uh, and one of them was was Megan Jasper and, and then Jonathan Poneman who then you know took Sam under their wing and, and Iron and Wine was born. Time and all you gave I was a jerk who preferred the sea To tussling in the waves Tug in your skirt singing please, please, please But now I see love I really love how they're still such good friends. I know, I think it's really sweet. Like they both have you know, a horde of daughters and they <laughs> hang out and they even made a record together called Sing Into My Mouth, which is a covers record, which Ben told me he considers to be their ultimate mixtape collaboration. Ben and his mixtapes, that's when I remember meeting him a long time ago and they were legendary. He yeah. Make, he makes a mean mixtape. That's what Jen was telling me, that like, that was his thing He's for a good while. at it. And he has a record label, Brown Records, because yeah. he's always wanted to just put up bands. Hi, Ben. You're great. <laughs> On episode four, what we have to look forward to is front woman uh, Shannon Perry of Gazebos. It's not just an etiquette tip. It's really a <laughs> public it's a, service announcement. Yeah. Let me correct myself. Please. Here's a public service announcement. Please take this advice from Gazebos front woman Shannon Perry. Don't ever smell your fingers in public. What would be on your hand that you need to smell in a pleasant way? You're checking for something gross that has an odor. <laughs> Today you heard comedy stylings from <laughs> David. <laughs> Today you heard from comedians David Cross, Sarah Silverman, Eugene Merman, Patton Oswalt. Um, oh my gosh, John Benjamin's amazing piano playing. <laughs> it's some really good stuff in there. And then, of course, we also added Mitch Hedberg, although not a sub-hop recording artist. If you get an opportunity to hear Mitch Hedberg, yeah. you play Mitch We're going to put some of that in the playlist just because everyone should be graced with a little Mitch Hedberg comedy. In Rest in peace, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, and we heard music from Mudhoney, Chad Van Galen, Band of Horses, S., Carissa's Weird, Iron and Wine, and of course, Gazebos, who you are hearing right now. We'll be hearing more from Shannon Perry next episode and a, I don't even know how to describe the interview with Kyle Thomas in episode four. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's better not to. It's just so good that you just need to experience it. Okay. Anything you heard today on our podcast can be found on Sub Pop FM. That's our podcast website. You'll find a playlist of season one, all the music that we've been featuring. You can figure out how to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. It's true. And there's also past episodes and lots of other good stuff. You should probably just go there right now. Tons of shenanigans. Newsletter, emails. Yeah. Tweeting things. Trust us. Subpop.fm. Check it out. Thanks go out to Mark Arm, Ben Bridwell. Chris Jacobs. Chris Jacobs and Tony. Hey, guys, thanks a lot. Thanks for helping us out. 
Stuart Fletcher, that was a good job today. Oh, Stu. And then <laughs> special thanks go to the Sub Pop Brass, as always. Chris Jacobs, Megan Jasper, and Jonathan Poneman. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Um, okay. Don't take a picture of your biker girlfriend doing that.